Well, that's it, guys. I don't have to do these announcements at the beginning anymore. This is the last one that we're ahead on. The last episode. So next week, we'll be putting out an episode. But after that, we'll be on our normal rotation of one episode every two weeks. And if you want to catch the episodes early, make sure to go to the Unethical Patreon, patreon.com slash unethicalpodcast, and you can get early access to the episodes. You can get all of the live uncut episodes the day of the drop, and you can get all of Unethical's content there as well, early access to episodes there and all of our video content. We also do a lot of other stuff on the Patreon, so it's a perfect time to go to sign up now. There's over 200 pieces of content just waiting for you guys to go listen to. Before we get the episode started, I have a promo from our friends over at the Coffee and Cases podcast. They were fun to be around. I had a good time when I was on their podcast. If you noticed, I probably put, I put an episode of theirs on our feed where I was featuring, and I hope you enjoyed that. So here's the promotion. Go listen to their episode and enjoy our show today. Greetings from the Bluegrass State. That's Kentucky, if y'all didn't know. We want to tell you about the hottest new podcast on the block, Coffee and Cases. If you fancy yourself an at-home detective. If you find yourself yelling at the TV during that new true crime documentary. Then you, my friend, are a certified sleuth hound. Just like us. On Coffee and Cases podcast, you'll hear about the missing, the murdered, and the unsolved. But the cases you've rarely, if ever, heard about. All from the perspective of two teacher friends, rule followers, and self-proclaimed scaredy cats. Join me, Allison, and me, Maggie, each week as we take on cases that are often overlooked but are screaming for justice. Finally, a true crime podcast where you don't have to monitor the foul language. Coffee and Cases is a true crime guilty pleasure that you don't actually have to feel guilty about. Check out Coffee and Cases every Thursday for a new episode on your favorite podcasting app. My favorite private dicks trope is when I say something very off color and Rick pretends it didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you say? (laughs) Shit, she's here. She's coming through the door. God damn it. Hide me. What what the absolute fuck? You cannot possibly still be here. What in the hell? Explain this right now. RJ, is she talking to me? Fuck yeah, I'm talking to you. I really wish you would stop coming in the bathroom when I'm in here, Richard. <laughs> well, I, I can't help myself. It just smells so good. That is actually fair. I've been I've been working on that. Thank you. Yeah, lots of fruit in your diet. I'm cool with it. This has nothing to do with why you're here. Protect me. Rick, get your gun. Have you been resurrected or something? What What is happening? I have not been resurrected. You didn't kill me. You just suck at killing people. No, I definitely fucking killed you. Mm, I'm here. I'm, I'm going to need some proof of... Resurrection? You talked about resurrection. I can prove to you resurrection doesn't exist or it exists. We can solve the case of resurrection. Do it. Is that going to quell your bloodlust, though? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. That seems like a bad... What are you, Rick, Richard? That's a weird gamble. Yeah, well, all in, baby. Let's do this. Okay, well, how about all out of the fucking bathroom? It'll save you for a few minutes. You don't have to hold it in. Just let it loose. Lady, ma'am. If I solve this for you, can you just promise not to try and kill me anymore or any dick? Don't kill any more dicks. I will concede to no killing. Wait, hold on. Pause. Rick, do you feel that Sarah ever wanted to kill you? No. Sarah, have you ever wanted to kill Rick? No. Have you ever wanted to kill me? Maybe. 
Okay. All right. I can I can deal with a maybe, but but why are we then putting in all the work to save Richard's life? <laughs> RJ, here's some toilet paper. Yeah, that's the toilet paper you took away from me just now when you came in here. Thank you. Do you want me to wipe for you? No. Jeez. I'll wet it up a bit. Oh, okay. Wow. Hey, is this a new uh is this new soap in here? I really like this soap. It's, it smells good. Um, no, that is not soap. And I would appreciate it if you'd stop reaching into the toilet. I didn't know soap came brown like this. An elite team of private detectives. What if balloons are aliens? Maybe that's the key component we're missing. Cover-ups. John's guilty. Mysteries that need to be solved. Maybe Mormons need mountains. Richard, shut up. Let's just start off with a question. Are you guys, you guys believe in reincarnation? What's the thoughts on reincarnation? Like the, the normal belief of reincarnation where like, if you leave this earth, you're coming back down to this earth in another form, or you just go somewhere in another form. Well, reincarnation would be like coming back as something like whether it's another human. But are you talking or... about like into like this, like exact thing? Whoa, like, man. Like, like well, the bounds, the bounds of our current earth. Are you saying like, you can become energy and like reincarnated as away. a star, bro. Make oh, I wasn't even saying that, star. but yeah, true. <laughs> I'm talking about coming back to uh, Earth as. Yeah, I think I'm out on that. I think I'm out on that. Yeah. Yeah, but are are we are we uh so like the the John Edwards type of reincarnation? Were you just like a ghost? All those dumb books about like uh, well, no, like the just like the psychic. Daytime TV, my five-year-old remembers being a fighter pilot in World War II type. Yeah, uh, that's the kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's bullshit. Okay. Past yeah. life regression, I guess. Or There's not enough people who claim that shit. I want to believe in it just because I think it would be really dope if like somebody that I hated became like a worm. That'd be nice. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of a fun idea too, where you just come back as like... Yeah, like a lower... Yeah, okay. Okay, what reincarnation do you believe in then, Rick? Like, if you don't believe in that kind of reincarnation, what reincarnation do you believe in? No, no, I'm just saying <laughs> I don't believe in the idea that it's like a closed-loop system where, like, you know, people who are here will then die and come back, whether it be as, like, any living thing, whatever. I just don't believe in the closed-loop because if it was a closed-loop, I feel, feel like by now we would have heard so many more cases than just, like, the random ones and twos, like, people having, like, I don't know, real recollection, if any do, right? Rick believes in, in starting a new game plus on whatever <laughs> uh, simulation theory game that he plays. He's a player character and we're all NPCs. So That's yeah. nice. he just reboots into a new save when he doesn't like the equipment he gets on. The, yeah. That is legitimately the cycle he was saying he probably doesn't believe in, but I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'm cool with it. Yeah, no, I don't believe that you just you just respawn. I mean, it would explain furries, I guess. Put it this way. Yeah, I guess it would explain cat litters in the fucking bathroom. Yeah. That's an urban legend, by the way. No, that's not real. What, furries? No, furries is a real thing. But people, oh. schools getting cat litters in their fucking schools, it's like not actually happening. And you hear it all over the place. Super funny. People people put a sign at the school board by me saying keep uh, keep litter boxes out of our, our bathrooms because they were trying to make a, I guess there's like a locker room just like okay. at a specific field place and there's right a women's and a men's locker room but then there's um a, th a third place that's just a, supposed to be like a unisex like 
in rare events where it's like there's a female on a male team playing against a male team so that she could go and just use that right but they tried to call it they wanted to change the name of it it was called the visitors locker room they just wanted to call it a unisex locker room i don't know why but people were freaking out about the cat litter thing flipped out because yeah. of that and they just kept saying no it's it's just because it can be used by anyone in scenarios where they need it it sounds like a way to just obfuscate and discredit the the trend rights uh you know activism happening now so because there's no i feel like people know they're not actually trying to have i don't know man i uh, maybe maybe it is i just when i heard it i'm like get the fuck out of here and then i looked it up and it was like all a bunch of little towns the same story just changed the town name and then people were buying it though uh, people are really concerned about it around here and it's fucking <laughs> hilarious i mean and you should have no issue with it because like i don't have plumbing out to my garage here and a litter box just makes it extremely easy for me to go to the bathroom when i need to you used to be a cat in your previous maybe life. a big maybe cat. i don't know okay. i don't know i, I like didn't it. buy that dlc so it would be weird um, <laughs> if i was a cat but reincarnation is obviously like stupid like i get that and this is what's awesome about this reincarnation let's just do a little bit reincarnation is the religious or philosophical belief that the solar spirit after biological death begins a new life in a new body that may be human animal or spiritual depending on the moral quality of the previous lives actions so karma comes into play with this so like if you're like a really good person you get to be like i don't know it's a really good thing like fireman i don't know, like, uh, you know like, <laughs> yeah, yeah oh you're talking about profession rich. like you still have to come back as a human you just get a better job or that sounds or, like a worse job that's what i mean you get a better job or like you get like maybe like i would want to be born elon musk's trans child because that seems like the best position to be in because you're rich and you're also perpetually pissing off your father yeah. <laughs> just by existing there you go i think that's the apex of reincarnation so it depends what your personality is too because like one person might think that's amazing the other person might think like owning 17 guns and shooting at skeets all day would be like a they're wrong they're <laughs> okay I, I picked the best one yeah it's for sure i i I think that would be funny. But although, like, your dad does have a lot of power in that situation, he could just, like, force a gender on you or something. Like, he's got big guys. I mean, he patently did not. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I would do that. Like, to be, that's my goal, I think. Maybe, maybe in a broader sense, just to be a well off, like, and security, like, all taken care of but the bane of my own father's existence i think if i especially had like a wealthy barren father like that okay like a daniel day lewis <laughs> oil baron type yeah yeah it just, just like hates you but yes yeah. it's somebody you can't because like. it's a perfect punishment you're a punishment for the evil in the world but also you get to benefit all of it so it's fair i like i like it i i just if you think of it that way that's awesome you get to pick when you come back like you have enough credits yeah. from you have enough karma to pick all these things and everything has like a karma score you can be like "Ooh, what do i think <laughs> today so credit karma it's karma credit <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly uh many religions believe in past lives reincarnation and karma like buddhism hinduism jainism which i don't even know what the fuck that is sikhism and some sects of islam many people throughout history have claimed to be, have been resurrected but their claims are dumb because most people who've claimed to be resurrected were always like resurrected by someone significant from history. Like I am the Buddha or 
I am Jesus, or I don't know. It's never like oh, so, Bill. You so know? yeah, we just yeah. Or, or we need someone to like just like shamefully admit they were like a very low level pedophile. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the that's the thing. No, Maybe. we need we need Jack the Ripper, a guy who was Jack the Ripper, to be able to describe all the things that were never figured out. Yeah, but that's that's so far removed. That's kind of like cool. I'm thinking like like you know like some guy named like Craig Anson who like was secretly a pedophile up in like till his death in like 1995 and then for someone born in 1995 to be like yeah i haven't told anybody this but like and then just like (laughs) has found all the flash drives it's not my fault it's craig my past life i don't want to be like this Craig Peter Anderson is an American professional ice hockey goaltender for the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> so are you saying Craig Peter Anderson was a pedophile? All right, moving on. Yikes. Yeah, it's never allegedly. It's never it's never just like a regular guy. It's always someone grandiose. That would make it more believable to me if someone was like, I just worked at a corner store, you know, my whole life. Mm. I'd be more apt to believe someone who said that than like, I am Cleopatra. Like, okay. I am Marilyn Monroe. Get the fuck out of here. All right. Although claims of being resurrected seem like a thing of the past, there have been many cases of supposed reincarnation in recent history. Many of these cases involve kids between the ages of two and eight. According to the researcher I'm about to mention, this is when kids best remember their past lives. Between the ages of like five and eight, that's when they start to forget their past lives. So yeah, this guy is... He studied reincarnation in a very serious way. Actually, he's a professor at university, or was until his death. Uh, his name is Dr. Ian Stevenson. Stevenson went to University of Scotland. Stevenson went to University of Scotland, and he moved to Canada to get his uh, master's degree. And he became a professor, actually, in the States after at Louisiana State Inter- University School of Medicine between 1949 and 1957. He studied biology but it ended up in the psychology and psychiatry field while teaching at the school. A quick note, side note for perspective on this guy. Uh, Dr. Stevenson was friends with author Aldous Huxley, who is known for his advocacy of psychedelic drugs. While Stevenson was teaching, Stevenson used to actually study the effects of LSD and mescaline. And he was one of the first academics to actually do that, which is interesting. The most interesting part about that is because I've, I mean, I've read Brave New World. That does not sound like an endorsement of mind-altering chemicals at all. (laughs) It definitely doesn't sound like an endorsement of much. I mean, except for maybe orgies. It it, it does heavily heavily endorse orgies. (laughs) Yeah, I reread those pages too. By 1957, Stevenson was the head of psychiatry, the psychiatry department at the University of Virginia. So like... A guy that they're trusting to teach like psychiatry, not just weirdo reincarnation shit. Stevenson was a philosopher in many ways and used to think about the bigger picture when it came to sickness. One of the things that always used to bug him about the human biology was that why would one person develop one disease and another something completely different, even though they like had the same kind of same kind of past people don't all get the same diseases. What's up with that? Not like today, tomorrow diseases. Like he's thinking over lifetimes. Which I kind of like. I never really thought. Wait, I'm very confused on the logic there. Well, what what's his argument? It's not an argument of anything. It's just he used to think about like why people would get can't like this guy here lived in the same town. They lived in the same environment. Why is that guy getting cancer 
and this guy getting MS? Like, what's the thing that'll like move them into that? Is it all genetics? He did. They don't really know. It's 1957. They're not really learning about DNA as much as they are now. But his thought was like, what's the thing that's doing that? Right. Why? There's got to be some sort of mechanism that's giving the one person cancer versus the other, which now we kind of know is genetics. Right. More than anything. But back then he was just not thinking that way. He's like, so this is why he he came to believe that it's neither the environment nor hereditary could account for certain fears, illnesses and special abilities. And that some form of personality or memory transfer might prove a third type of explanation. So he's like saying that people are just souls are moving into the next body and you're getting some rub off from the last guy. Oh, that's wait, that's highly scientific. Is he saying that or is he saying that like memories are passed down in like parental genes type of thing? Like, yeah, like genetic memory in a way. Yeah, because I've, also- I've heard of that, that theory too where it's like um there's some comedian who was talking about i was listening to him and he was saying that like his daughter at one point like said something or made a joke that he made at some point and he didn't even like he didn't realize it but his mom made the comment that like oh you said the same thing or like and like he had it like written down or something like it was like real proof to like show it yeah that that kind of stuff gets touched on in this episode like a shit ton and i think there's a better explanation than just like genetic memory i think it's just kids are they like absorb shit, right? So like you didn't even realize you said it around that kid and the kid picked it up right po- quick. Possibly, but I also, I mean, I did a great deal of studying of uh, genetic memory or memories contained within your DNA when uh, playing the bulk of the Assassin's Creed video game oh, series. Oh yeah, and for there's sure. there's a great deal of merit to that. At least, I mean, as far as I'm aware, because I how, how do they all fight so good, right? That's true. It wouldn't make sense otherwise. I'd have yeah. to. It's almost like it's the same. It's almost unreal. It's almost mm. an unreal it, it, engine. You you would think it was, but the key to making it feel more real and understanding why it is real is if your life sucks enough where you can really immerse yourself in something <laughs> like that. And it becomes very, very real. All right. All right. Um, sponsored by Unreal Game Engines. All right. <laughs> I was going to say BetterHelp. They wrote an article on an overview of genetic memory. Yeah, no, genetic memory is like a thing. It's just not what this guy's talking about. He's trying to say like souls are bringing in past lives and experience and shit like that. Mm. One thing about Dr. Ian that I do actually like is he actually says throughout his entire career that he's not saying resurrection is real. And he also says that he lacks evidence of a physical process by which a personality could survive death and transfer to another body. He's not saying you just theorizing that that is what it is he never actually ever figured it out that's but lame he... that's not a reason to like him he just sounds like a coward then he's head <laughs> but he's not just going full-blown like conspiracy theorists with it he's no talking... pick a side i'd rather have that okay okay yeah just fucking lean into it believe in yourself pal yeah <laughs> you can make anything a religion if you really want to but he did study it he studied it for fucking 50 years from 1957 till 2007 till he died really studied wrote many articles and books on reincarnation uh, mostly about kids and their stories of resurrection between the ages of two and four or two and eight that's when he's really kind of talking to these kids uh between the ages of two and four and four and a half before five stevenson believed that some kids had memories of their past lives in 1967 dr stevenson founded the division of perceptual studies at the university of virginia 
School of Medicine, which studied reincarnation along with other paranormal things. Uh, the Division of Perceptual Studies is still active to this day. Here's a video of them advertising themselves. <laughs> this is at a University of Virginia, everyone. So, listeners, this is the part where we pretend that we watched a video, and then uh, the <laughs> Richard cuts it in after studies <laughs> in the School of Medicine at the University of Virginia. We are a group of psychiatrists, psychologists, and neurobehavioral scientists who explore phenomena of consciousness. For more than 50 years, we bring a rigorous scientific methodology to bear on the study of near-death experiences, altered states of consciousness, very young children who remember their past lives, and related phenomena that bear on the question of the relationship between the mind and the physical brain. Between the near-death experiences and the past life memory reports, we have thousands of cases coded in databases. This large collection of data allows us to look for trends and patterns within each type of phenomenon. We've established a uh, high-quality EEG lab here. We're interested in states of consciousness that have by and large been ignored by contemporary <laughs> psychology and neuroscience. I've seen the impact of people discovering a different way of thinking about their consciousness, and it is transformational. Building on the past 50 years of research into these phenomena, we're now asking new questions and diving deeper into the data. We ask big questions. Is it possible that consciousness continues on after we die? Are there ways to alter consciousness that will improve your quality of life? And if so, what does that mean for us as human beings? Are certain personality types more likely to report these unusual experiences? If How we can ignore the military these use this? Then we risk having an incomplete understanding, not just of ourselves, but of the ultimate nature of consciousness. And these are the questions that we're willing to tackle. We're really just getting started. <laughs> nice. I love Cave. I was just waiting for at the end. Army strong. Yeah. <laughs> I just love how they like they're portraying them like some sort of superhero team or something. Like the last couple. Shots I was fucking like, pumped. I was pumped. I, I was ready to go. I yeah, I I changed my answer instead of <laughs> instead of Elon Musk's trans kid. I want to be reincarnated as a reincarnation scientist. Yeah. That seems like the best of gigs. Yeah, I want to know how much money they spent and how, like, how many different takes they did to get this <laughs> commercial thing done. Whatever, I don't know what it is. Is it to recruit people? I don't. Well, they don't do anything because it's not real. So they were probably so under budget that they had to use the rest. And they're like, oh, my nephew's a a, a burgeoning director. Let's <laughs> get him in here. That's just funny. That's the like that. That's a reason to go to University of Virginia. You're not wrong. School of Medicine, I'm, no less. Well, and that's what's interesting is like as far as the D's I saw next to those names, there were significantly more PHs than M's. So, <laughs> not that I'm dogging on a, a, a PhD, but still, I, I got you. The, I, I know what you're saying. They're they're, they're about teachers. The brain. If you can't do teach, you know. If you can't if you can't reincarnate, show others how to. Uh, I just I love that 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 place still exists after that guy created it because he was fall fucked on mescaline with all this Huxley. Like I, I I just yeah the things that will survive, you know, 
That's pretty hardcore awesome. So wait, was this guy murdered? Is that what we're solving? No, we're going to solve... I'm just talking uh, about this guy and his... This is studied by this guy. The, this whole case that I'm going to bring up very soon is from this guy who's actually respected in, in a way. I'm not going to say fully respected because as soon as you go like, I study reincarnation, people probably shake their head. But at the same time, he was the dean of the fucking school of psychiatry at the University of Virginia. Nice. Not just like the the paranormal school at hogwarts like he was a fucking real guy (laughs) and we're we're confident that this guy wasn't murdered well he died at like 88 Hmm. he had a long life even if he was murdered it was probably like one of the reincarnated i'm just amped that we're still in the prologue this is cool like this might be the the longest like introduction uh today we're going to talk about one specific case that dr stevenson studied Although I know he has, he studied over 40 kids over his years that have claimed to have remembered their past lives. Mm-hmm. Today, we're talking about the Pollock twins. Now, this one here, this, this case is supposed to be the strongest evidence for reincarnation. It's fun. I like that, that that's what it's called because it's like fun that it happened in like America, a Christian country where we don't really believe in reincarnation in the Christian faith. It's more of like a Hindu or seeker something from asia but that's cool that it happened here it's the most compelling one i like that that's because america is christian like like it's a christian country like banana flavoring is is banana flavored where okay. it's like you know it's it's doing its best but no it's just it ain't bananas i got you no yeah our buddy vincent gaddis came up do you remember him from bermuda triangle that's the doctor guy that wrote about the bermuda triangle yeah he came up he wrote the book on the the first Bermuda Triangle book. Anyways, uh, he wrote about this case in one of his books. So credible, super credible. Wait, he wrote about Ian Stevenson's death? He wrote about the Pollock twins. Oh, gotcha. That's why I find this guy so fascinating that he was like super paranormal guy, but also like a university professor of like psychiatry. I I just, it's such a mindfuck to me and that guy. I mean, they let those motherfuckers do anything. Academia is so full of shit. Yeah, I guess. Doesn't the full of shit like end at a certain level though? Like if you get up to like the Dean, is the Dean full of shit all the time? Fuck no. It just depends on the school. I mean, like, yeah. Cause I don't know. It's, I think it's, um, they'll do anything they can to i mean like don't get me wrong like i think there's validity in humanities and, and studying all that for sure but like i mean you're giving a perfect example of why there isn't it's like once <laughs> <laughs> so we start fucking leaking over into like ooh, i'm i'm signing up for advanced spoopiness 102 <laughs> i would fucking take that class <laughs> For sure, but like, then like, do what with it? Just have given a college thousands of dollars for them to go like ghosts, huh? <laughs> Can I work for you, Doctor Stevenson? No, fuck. Yeah. That's all the only place I will take this degree. Yeah, I'm an associate professor of. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I was. I knew where you're going, kind of, but I thought you were gonna be like white sheets over my head. Like I thought you were gonna be, I'm associate oh, professor overlooking. Oh. Like I was like, well, wrong thing. Well, that well, right. But we we didn't get all the way to talking about the deans of schools. So <laughs> now now we have. Before we get to the twins, we got to talk a little tragedy here. So, twins' father John Pollock was born in 1920. He's an Englishman from Bristol. John was raised as a member of the Church of England until he converted to the Catholic Church later in life. The twins' mother, her name was Florence Pollock. 
She grew up as a member of the Protestant church and became a member of the Catholic church after marrying John. Usually I wouldn't say these details, but it kind of matters to the whole thing. So uh, it's reported that John believed in reincarnation his entire life after reading about uh, it in a book when he was nine years old. So in 20 or 1929, this little nine-year-old John Pollock read a book about reincarnation and went, that's real. I'm Christian though. Articles make it sound like it's a stretch that he'd believe in reincarnation because he's a devout Catholic. But like, isn't that like the whole basis of like Christian faith? Like Jesus came back from oh, dead. I was going to say hypocrisy, but <laughs> that was a good joke. Yeah. But I don't think, I don't think the, the, the general layman gets to come back. I think it's kind of like a, a one way transfer situation. You know? Well, that's what I said. What I was saying is like, if it's a, 30 year old white male, according to the Americans, uh, coming back to life, then he's God. If it's two little girls, that's not God. That doesn't exist. No, those are wives. <laughs> yeah, if it's two little girls, you <laughs> kill them, you kill them as quickly as possible. Yeah, exactly. That's not twins. Uh, girls can't be gods. Yeah, it's a stretch. It's apparently just a stretch because when you die, it's like final and Catholic, like you're supposed to go to heaven. Your soul, you're done, right? It's not, there's no coming back. Okay. That's only happened to one person, the resurrection, or actually nine people in the Bible, but whatever. It's only Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I went and looked it up, and the county people resurrected in the Bible, like nine, including Jesus. So, okay, only they happened back then. Resurrections don't happen now. Catholics, cool. By 1951, John and Florence had had six kids, four older boys, and two younger girls. The older of the two girls was named Joanna. And she was five or six years old, like five and a half years older than her sister. And she was the youngest of the six kids. Her name was Jacqueline. So Joanna and Jacqueline are the sisters. This is going to get a little bit confusing because the fucking twins have the same goddamn names too. Or they don't have the same names, but like they're all similar, like Joanna, Jacqueline. Anyways, you'll see. So I'll try and make this less confusing. So wait, wait, wait. The OG ones weren't twins. They were two different ages. Two different ages. Five and a half years apart from each other. Okay. Okay. The brothers, the four older brothers, aren't reported on lots, but they exist. So we have to keep that in mind for at the end. Uh, In 1951, just before Jacqueline was born, the family would move to a small town called Hexham in Northumberland. In Hexham, John and Florence ran a grocery and milk delivery business that took up most of their time. When Florence would do her milk deliveries, there was a certain white smock that was kind of a uniform for her that she'd wear at work. The kids recognized this as her work outfit. The delivery business took up so much of their time that the six kids were watched primarily by their grandparents. Two girls were inseparable. Joanna would mother her younger sister, Jacqueline, much to the happiness of her little sister. They enjoyed this. Uh, Joanna was a dramatic type, always making up plays and dressing in costumes. Not only did she love playing with her little sister, she also loved playing with all the other kids. Very sociable child. She was kind and generous uh, with all the kids, including her older brothers, younger, any kids in the neighborhood, everyone. Uh, Both girls, this is a weird fact, but they brought it up a bunch. Both girls used to love combing people's hair, especially love to comb their dad's hair. So they comb their dad's hair all the time. I don't know. This guy must. We'll show a video of him later. Just not get. Oh, not looking good for the. Not looking good for this guy already. Yeah, it's just that's so weird. That's got like that creep factor of like. Come brush my hair, little girl. I know. What? Well, yeah. Well, no. Like even like them liking it. Like that's not like a like a. It's weird. What kind of hair did the dad have? Because there's nothing wrong with it by itself, but it's like. Is it is it like your hair or is it like RJ's hair? Because. I'll show you in a bit. You've got to see him. We could talk about his hair okay. coming after. 
Joanna apparently used to run around the house telling people that she would never grow up. She often said, quote, I will never be a lady. Sounds like a little kid to me, but must be psychic. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, At the age of three, Jacqueline fell onto a bucket. She was on her tricycle. I guess she slipped off of it and fell onto a bucket, causing a gash on her forehead over her right eye closer to like the nose, like at the bridge of the eye. This cut was so deep that it formed a scar that stayed with her for the rest of her life. The scar was apparent. This is a weird, another weird thing they kept saying too. like the scar was uh, apparently more visible in the cold, like in cold weather, which that's a weird detail. And is that true? Cause you have scars that look more pronounced in the cold. I've never heard of that. I yeah. Mean, I like, could see that happening because yeah. depending where it is, our skin pigmentation comes from um, blood and like how light passes through it. So if your blood is flowing at a different rate, you could certainly see a cut more visibly than yeah, I guess than so. normal. I, I, guess, like, I guess that makes sense. I just never heard of that before. I'm gonna start looking at my scars. They look better in the cold. <laughs> yeah, I have I have like one that's permanent, but it's like underneath my eyebrow, so I I don't never looked at it. But yeah, I'll start looking. She also had a roundish dark birthmark that was on the left side of her waist. That's all the preamble of the girls. So on May fifth, nineteen fifty seven. 11-year-old Joanna and her six-year-old sister Jacqueline were walking to church with their nine-year-old friend Anthony. Suddenly, a local woman named Marjorie Wynn... Okay, wait. Before I say this sentence, I'm going to add the trigger warning part in here. Trigger warning. That was really fucking... Trigger warning goes for all the babies who can't handle children getting killed. Uh, okay, so, okay, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. Child gotcha. death trigger warning, gotcha. I guess. Child, child death trigger warning's coming. This trigger warning is for everyone who was open-minded enough to give us a second shot after the Amber Alert episode. <laughs> okay. So, on May 5th, 1957, 11-year-old Joanna and her 6-year-old sister Jacqueline were walking to church with their 9-year-old friend Anthony. Suddenly... A local woman named Marjorie Wynn, who thought she had taken a lethal dose of aspirin and phenobarbitone, was driving erratically down the sidewalk. Jacqueline, Joanna, and Anthony were struck by Marjorie, who ran the kids down on purpose. Marjorie's husband had just left her, and earlier that day, she had lost custody of her children. Mm. So by running down the kids... She thought she was taking revenge on her husband and whatever kids came her way. Gotcha. That was a that was a call to void that she uh, she was waiting on and answered eagerly. Yeah, I rough. The sisters were killed instantly after uh, quotes from the newspaper being tossed like cricket balls. Thanks, newspaper assholes. Like that doesn't Jesus. seem like you didn't need to fucking compare them to cricket balls. I think we could have just said they got hit by the car. I don't know if we needed to make this colorful. Anyways, <laughs> Jacqueline's head was somehow injured in the accident. I'm guessing just getting smoked in the face because later in life, John says that when he went to identify the bodies, she had a bandage across her just above her eyes. Their friend, little Anthony, survived the initial crash, but died later on his way to the hospital. Uh, this running down of children on the streets in the small town of Hexham made national news, but Marjorie Wynn ended up, she actually survived, the lady who did uh-huh. it, and she was remanded for the rest of her life in a psychiatric hospital. What year but- was this? 1957. <laughs> Damn. 
like i don't i don't think hell is real because that stuff's stupid and a fantasy but if it is it's it's happening now or it's happened on real earth and it's that like that fucking one flew over the cuckoo's nest type shit god damn yeah it wouldn't be a great place to be especially like like i don't know if libido or uh libidos uh fucking, uh what are those fucking things they crack your skull yeah lobotomies yeah. i don't know if they're out of style yet but it would have been right close to then they stopped doing them so who knows if she just got a little ice pick to the brain or not but i see, feel like that's that's even more of a mercy to be honest i was gonna say yeah that's not fair it. if she did yeah yeah it's undignified but that if you're not there for it you know yeah no it's super sad and I don't know what I would do if my kids were smoked by some woman who purposely did that. Like, fuck you, lady. I don't think they'd make it to the hospital. Or if they did, the hospital might make itself burnt down. Make itself burnt down? <laughs> Wouldn't want to make yourself burnt down. What if um, reincarnation is real, except we're the hell right now, so we're all just actually in hell? And when you die, you then go back to the other earth and vice versa? And what if these girls just got like, double bad luck and got fucking ran by a car sent over there, ran by a car sent back. So they just keep getting hit by cars every five years. That's why well, I mean, no, now that, oh, these other ones die again. Uh, we'll see. Yo, that's fucked up. If you're about to tell me that the twins then die from a car, both John and Florence were devastated, obviously, but they also both grieved in their own way. Florence decided to not talk about it. Anything. And just kind of like forget about the pain and just like push it down and avoid talking about it as much as possible. And then took a bunch of pills and went and ran down <laughs> three other kids. John, however, did the opposite. He obsessed over the girls. On the day they died, the day they died, John said that he experienced a vision of them in heaven. A bit later, he would tell everyone in the house that he felt the girl's presence at their, like in the top room of their house. So he'd just go there, spend any free time he had, just go hang out and feel close with the girls. John would later say that he thought the deaths of the girls was a quote, punishment from God. Uh, punishment for what you ask? For asking God to prove that reincarnation was real and had he'd been obsessing over it for a reason. So he thought, that God killed the girls so they could be reincarnated back into his family. Okay? Yeah, dude. I really get why people just love being Christian. Yeah. No, this is God's, like, fuck, man. That's a really fucked up God way to prove it. I guess God does fucked up shit, so that would be a fucked up God way to prove it. God didn't answer a single prayer this weekend for the Eagles to win. That's a little fucked up. Well, it's just the prayer meter was, like, lower on the no, Eagles side. No, he... Like he, yeah, there's more yeah. prayers for the for the other team, the blue team. I mean, what about me? He he didn't answer my prayer to make the the stadium cave into the ground and have everybody be burned by magma under the earth's crust. I had the over on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had the over on that. Florence, on the other hand, just wanted to move on with her life, and this craziness from John literally almost broke up their marriage. They almost got divorced, but she was Catholic. So they, divorce wasn't in it. She just, it almost ruined the relationship. Uh, apparently, like I said, reincarnations against the religion. So that was another reason she's like, that's can't be what it is. When you die, you go to heaven. My girls are in heaven. Nevertheless, Florence was pregnant again after the accident. Not much longer. A couple months after she's pregnant again. And as soon as Florence became pregnant, she hung up her smock and stopped delivering groceries. She wanted to spend more time with the kids when they came. She said that was her biggest failing. 
I was working too much. I should have been around them. I could have saved them. As soon as they found out they were pregnant, John immediately became convinced that they would be twins, and those twins would be a reincarnation of his recently deceased daughters. Not only did Florence think that this was a ridiculous notion, but so did the doctors. The doctors could only hear one heartbeat. Like, that's back in the 50s. I guess that's how they would check to see if you had twins or not. Heartbeat, fetal heartbeats. And they also figured out that there's no twins in their history. So that being said, like, one in 250, sorry, pregnancies result in twins, which I thought was, I thought that'd be, that number would be a lot lower. One in 250, I don't, I feel like I should know more twins. If you're a fraternal twin, though, the chances go up to one in 60 of having fraternal twins if you're a woman and one in 125 of having fraternal twins if you're the man. Uh, identical twins is random. It's not genetically linked at all. And it, that's the one in 250 number. So, huh. I thought that would be a lot more or a lot less. Sorry. I don't know any identical twins. You know, I don't think I know any identicals. So anyways, it's not impossible for them to have twins, even with the fucking doctor, like that part, whatever. That's not the guy willing it, but, but they all, the only person who believed it was John. Okay. Until October 4th, 1958, John's prediction of twins came true and two baby girls are born. They named the girls Jillian and Jennifer. So Joanna, and Jacqueline are the sisters. Jillian and Jennifer are the twins. I will say sister when I mean not the twins. I will say twins when I do mean the twins. I hope. I think I fixed it enough. I got confused <laughs> earlier when I was reading it. Wait, uh, I have another good idea. What? Why don't? Why don't? When? So we don't get confused. Just remind yourself. So say say both of their names, both sets of names. Shut, up. shut the fuck up! You're gonna get me confused like you did last time. <laughs> Jonathan and Bennifer. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jillian was born first and minutes later came Jennifer. John knew immediately that they were a reincarnation of Joanna and Jacqueline uh, when he saw the two birthmarks on Jennifer. One roundish dark birthmark that was on the left side of her waist, same place as Jacqueline. Another birthmark above her eye, exactly where Jacqueline had her bucket accident scar. And it looked the same. Both of them, like the scar and the birthmark, they looked pretty much the same. Uh, Jillian didn't have any birthmarks at all, which I found out also if you're identical twins, monozygotic twins, if you have birthmarks they, when you're born and stuff, they should be the exact same. I didn't know that. I thought birthmarks would be like an uh, aberration, but if you're identical, they wouldn't have them. Later on in life, you can like change a little bit. But right away they wouldn't have them, which interesting. Also, also if if you if you jerk off your twin, it's it's just masturbation. If anybody else was curious about that, masturbation in a mirror. You heard that a lot, yeah, from your yeah. twin friends. Are you a yeah. twin? Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes me and my friends, I'll put on the same pair of glasses. And, <laughs> you know, we just talk twin things. All right, I'm crazy. I I can feel that you're about to come. Just to be clear, Jillian born first, supposed to be the vessel for older sister who died, Joanna. Jennifer born second with Scar, just like younger sister, Jacqueline. John and Florence, with their new girls, needed to move away from Hexham to get away from the memories of the tragedy of their murdered daughters, honestly. So they wanted to start fresh in a new place and make some new happier memories to overshadow the sad ones. They also made a conscious decision not to talk about their dead daughters in front of the twins they, until they were older. Anyway, they wanted to discuss the twin death when the kids could understand 
a little bit better. So they purposely didn't talk him around them. I have a strong theory, and it's way out there. Um, but it's, it's early to say this. I feel as if only one of them made that promise. Uh, yeah, well, there's sure i i feel like john couldn't shut the fuck up about resurrection all the time anyway so you're probably right so yeah three months after the twins were born the family moved to whitley bay which is about 45 minute drive east of hexham so the twins never really got their hexham experience so when the twins were about three a couple years go by and they're just growing up learning their shit so when the twins were about three florence brought out some old toys that used to belong to Joanna and Jacqueline, the sisters. Can I just say real quick, sorry, before it's too far gone, what's what's the Hexam experience walking home from school and getting fucking crushed by a sedan? <laughs> <laughs> the crazy lady. <laughs> no, I've been I've been thinking about this. It's a real real Hexam move there. You gotta you gotta go and see the real Hexam. <laughs> Downtown by the church, you'll get right crushed. <laughs> this whole story would make a really good theme for like a pinball machine. Because it's like you launch a car at them and you got the girls knocking around. And if you get both balls in and you get two more balls out, right? Like We put a trigger sure. warning. It's okay. You can say that. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I can say that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we, yeah, but we, didn't, we didn't put a paddle warning for the pinball. <laughs> True. So. I'm going to yeah. put a bing, 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 bing. It's happening. It's happening. Um, okay. <laughs> when the twins were about three, Florence brought out some old toys that used to belong to Joanna and Jacqueline that were in the attic. Some of the articles double down on this fucking fact. And they say that the girls demanded their mom bring down their toys from the attic. I don't know about that. The mom just brought them down. The kids didn't demand shit, but there's some articles that say that. So Florence leaves the toys with the girls and the girls dig through to play with a few Jillian rifled through the box and was drawn to a doll that used to belong to Joanna. Jennifer was drawn to a doll that used to belong to Jacqueline. So there's a couple dolls in there. 50-50 chance them picking the doll that matches their resurrection girl. Cool. I give that. Well, and and 100% chance that the dad did one of those jumping up and down hand flappy things where he got really excited. (laughs) When she picked the first one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. She just in the background. The dad's like, nope. Just like shaking his head. Oh, when they go (laughs) the right one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Now this is that's kind of like I I okay I'm gonna start this off by saying I discredit this entire thing I think this is stupid but this is get there are a couple things that are weird so this one's a weird one to me if it's true that's the other thing the twins after they get their dolls they give the names Mary and Susan to the dolls and those are the exact same names that Joanna and Jacqueline had given to them while they were alive ooh how did they come up with those names. <laughs> The most common names. Still, there's lots of common names. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The twins were glad that they found Mary and Susan and told their parents right after that, that these dolls were from Santa Claus, which they weren't. They're from a box your mom just brought down. But your original sisters, your OG sisters, that was from Santa Claus. Were they the same? Were the like dolls identical? No, no, they're different looking. Did they by chance have names written like on the bottom of their foot somewhere that might say Mary and Susan? Apparently not. And even if so, they're three. They got brothers. They got an obsessive dad who wants them to be reincarnated. I mean, well, I don't know that he can read. That's a pretty bad assumption, (laughs) I guess. All right. Another similarity between the twins and the dead sisters. The twins are also very interested in combing hair, especially their father's. 
much like the older dead sisters used to. So John is seeing like these little similarities start popping up and he's, he's taking notice. He's keeping note claiming like, this is proof guys. See proof. And in 1958, most little girls just enjoyed washing dishes. I cannot believe they enjoyed brushing hair. (laughs) Crazy. It would have been about 60, 61 by this time, but you're right. John was just freaked out by girls doing other things than girl things. John would even notice that the girls were twins. They had differences, differences that matched their older dead sisters like Jillian's body. Okay. This is, this is kind of weird too. And this is confirmed by Stevenson. Like Jillian's body was like skinny, like slender, like Joanna and Jennifer's body was like more of like a stocky wide shouldered. And Jillian and Jennifer also walk differently, which I don't find that one too crazy to me. It's like, okay, they walk differently. But like one of them was kind of like bow-legged and the other one wasn't sure. I'm picturing Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum from 21 Jump Street. Is that <laughs> okay. accurate? Just in like wigs? It's very, very accurate. They're twins that way. Exactly. No, they, they look. Except, except this is 21 Launch Street. <laughs> <laughs> the, the difference in uh, like physical appearance isn't that rare if it's a fraternal twin. Because like fraternal twins, two eggs, two sperm. It's like just being like brother and sister, right? You'd look similar, but you wouldn't be like identical. Identical is like one egg, one sperm. The whole thing splits. It makes identical DNA matches. My uh, my little brothers are fraternal twins. There you go. Interesting. The first time around or the the reincarnation? Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, there's a lot of bodies in, in this bathtub here, but eventually we got it, yeah. okay perfect yeah the difference is if if they're paternal twins or whatever fraternal twins or whatever the fuck you call them there could be differences no problem that wouldn't make a difference but these guys they didn't know it until later on in life like 1981 when they got or 79 i believe when they got tested to see if they were monozygotic twins or if they're just paternal but they were identical twins so for them to have the physical differences even at a young age like like such vast physical differences Wait, when did they get tested for that? Later in life, like 1981. Oh, oh, still, fuck that. 1981 DNA testing? No way. <laughs> but even looking at them, I still would be like, oh, yeah, they're identical twins. Yeah, they're for sure identical twins. But when they were younger, they had more, like, put it this way. Do I believe that these differences were as stark as Stevenson may claim? No. Or John or her dad may claim? No, not even close. Yeah. Maybe it was sort of like how, like, you know how, like, there's no such thing as, like, a teacup or miniature, like, pet pig. They just, like, underfeed them to make them small. I didn't know that, Maybe in order, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in order to, like, make them different sizes, the dad was only giving one, like, vitamins and, like, (laughs) nutrient-rich food. I'm actually willing to bet that the, like, the scar that happened from the bucket, the dad was like, all right, come here, you're gonna have to, we're gonna have to whack your head off this bucket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) See this bucket? And then just pushes her into it. Yeah. Sorry, God said you're the same people, so I gotta give you the same scars. Just be happy you're not getting hit by a car this time. There's literally a picture of them as babies and you can see the scar. So that would have had to happen like out of the womb. Like maybe he dropped, like he grabbed the first one, like, oh, a baby. And then the second one came, they didn't have any enough hands. And she just flopped out onto the ground, onto a bucket. There is evidence of the dad saying that he knows that they're going to be twins before they even come out. Right. And the doctor was disagreeing with him. This dad had this planned, right? He stole these twins (laughs) from somewhere. He had them ready to go. Hey man, you know, they could have been resurrected. 
Yeah, you're discounting this before I even give you all the facts. Did you hear me when I said facts? I meant it. Very fucking strong, 100% facts. These are. I have a strong. Fa- I have a strong fact that I'm saving for the end as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to rhyme off a couple of the differences and similarities that the that John and Stevenson claim to have. So, Jillian was more sociable and generous than Jennifer, just like Joanna had been with Jacqueline. Jillian also liked to act and wear costumes like Joanna did, which is, sounds like any little girl, but that's just maybe not any, but a lot of little girls would be like that anyway. It doesn't have to be a genetic trait passed down through resurrection, but. Facts are coming. Jennifer was more codependent on her sister, Jillian, just like Jacqueline had been codependent on Joanna. So that just sounds like twins or sisters to me. But like I said, facts. When the girl started to learn how to write, Jillian, who was supposed to be the reincarnation of her older sister, Joanna, held her pencil in like a proper way a kid would typically hold a pencil, as if she'd already been learning how to write before. Jennifer who is supposed to be like Jacqueline, the younger sister started writing like most kids do like pencil and fist, like her younger sister would have done before she could died. Okay. <laughs> I, I just like, these are things that they're trying to like, they're grasping at fucking straws really to find reincarnation similarities with that kind of stuff. Like, and Florence do it. Florence just let John talk. She would just be like, whatever, man, I'm you do you. I don't think much of it. She wouldn't like really discount go like you're dumb. She would just like, I'm a skeptic about this whole thing. Like until one day uh, she did notice actually, sorry, there's a couple of things. Then she's changed her mind. So first they did notice that the kids were both very scared of cars, like unusually scared of cars. And like, as the twins would get older, they become more and more upset and express panic while around cars and other vehicles. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I wonder if that had anything to do with their father nonstop talking about how their older sisters died by getting crashed into with a car. Yeah. No, apparently they never said a word to the kids. Yeah. But even if, even if the parents never said a word about their other, their, the previous girls getting hit by the car, you don't think that like, the parents made it a big deal to be like, make sure you avoid cars at all costs. Like to just to all the kids from now on. Yeah, no, they uh, it, it's, it comes up like Flor- they said Florence would say that they would grab their hat. She would squeeze both girls would squeeze her hands tight at the moving car, at the sight of a moving car. Uh, when they cross streets with their mother, they'd often rush yelling the car. It's coming for us, which is pretty specific. Well, even if they didn't say anything specifically, don't you think that parents of children that got absolutely fucking blasted with a vehicle would be like, watch out for the cars. Look out for the cars. 100%. John also said that he he describes a time when he goes rushing out to find the twins cowering and hugging each other after a car started up nearby. He said that they were screaming hysterically and that's why he went looking for them. And they were also all have like the pair of the, the twins were also having reoccurring nightmares about getting hit by cars. So to John, like I said, to John, this is all just proof of reincarnation, but Florence didn't really believe that she's still, like I said, she was a skeptic about the whole thing. She just thought John just wish John would shut the fuck up. Really? Uh, she just figured the fear of cars was because the twins were sensing her own overcautiousness around vehicles after what had happened to the other girls. Yeah. Yeah. It's called secondhand anxiety and it's real as fuck for children. Oh, a hundred percent. Kids absorb a lot of stuff. You don't even know that they're absorbing. Right. So if you're going to be anything you throw out there, they're going to absorb that anxiety. Yeah. They're taking that in. It's like, it's like when you're walking your dog and if you get like tense, like they like say, like they feel it through the leash. 
when when you put your leash on your kid, they can feel when you're when you're upset when you're walking them down the street. Jesus which you definitely Christ. put a leash on them after your <laughs> earlier kids were murdered by a car. Fucking hell. <laughs> you're breaking dingus. I like it. Just okay. science, dude. Yeah, that is science. <laughs> the, this is yeah. the leash science of children. Yeah. They feel it through the leash like a dog. <laughs> yeah. You guys know you're scientists and what, like rocks or something? Same thing. Same same kind of science. Are you both rock scientists? Dinguses. I'm I'm more in charge of the scientists. Wait, do you guys work together or do you just by chance you're both rock scientists? They're called geologists and uh, I'm not a geologist, like I just said. Okay. <laughs> but you have to work with geologists. Well, in a past life, in a past life, maybe. Maybe I was. <laughs> maybe this is my yeah. punishment. Now that I came back to life, I have to work, like I have to be in charge of them. <laughs> maybe you were Sarah in a past life and she's just trying to kill herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I almost right, spit so, water all over my fucking computer. <laughs> so that's where Florence was headed with the whole she she just believed like that's my anxiety rubbing off on the kids. And she believed this until this incident. She caught the girls talking about the accident in very specific ways. So here's a quote from one of the conversations Florence overheard that I got from an article. So quote, I didn't want it to happen to me again. It was horrible. My hands were full of blood, as were my nose and mouth. I couldn't breathe, Jennifer said to her sister. Don't remind me. You look like a monster and something red came out of your head. So that was a direct quote from, I guess, Florence telling this magazine that wrote it into it. Okay, sure. And then another time, the second incident was she walked in on Jillian cradling Jennifer's head, saying, the blood's coming out of your eyes. That's where the car hit you. And... Like I said, John said that Jacqueline was bandaged just above the eyes when he went to identify her body. After hearing the girls talk about the accident, Florence starts to believe John's assertion of resurrection. I say believe, but like maybe believe's not the word, but she didn't discount John as much anymore. She was still super Catholic and didn't want to believe, but like she started to like all this stuff starts piling up on her. And she goes, I guess, like, I guess it must be because it doesn't make sense. It's too many coincidences. Yeah, but you know what the alpha move would be? To like, to like secretly like, like seed those, all that shit to your kids just so that your, your wife turns around and is like, I guess you're right. And he's like, I know, it's crazy. (laughs) He just wanted to be right in a conversation for once. Like gives them both 20 bucks because they were just acting in the room. It's like, hey, good job. Good job, guys. (laughs) Damn. And like 50s money too. Fuck. Yeah. That was really worth it to him. Yeah, there there are other things that started to push further. Like one time, Jillian pointed at the birthmark above Jennifer's eye, and she said, "That's the mark Jennifer got when she fell in a bucket." Jennifer never fell in the bucket. Yeah, but I'm telling you, they had an older brother. This is all coming from that brother, 110 percent. Four older brothers. Oh, how did I miss that? Four older brothers, and one of the brothers definitely at one point prior said Jennifer had the same mark from the bucket, and this girl's just repeating it. Uh, I don't disagree with you, honestly. Like I said, this is the most recognized case for (laughs) resurrection ever. And that's appropriate. This is what I'm trying to say. So they also went to Hexham. I'm just rhyming off a bunch of shit that happened here with the kids. Oh, shit. They went to Hexham? They went back to Hexham. That's why I said they didn't get the Hexham experience. But they went back to Hexham, and the girls were two or three at this time. The girls hadn't been there since they were three months old, but John later recounted that, quote, as he was walking with the twins up the hill towards St. Mary's Church, one turned to the other and said, 
the school is up there where we used to go and play in the playgrounds around back. Uh, at the time, not only would they have been too small to see the school from where they were, but they were also a large wall obscuring their view. So they wouldn't even be able to see her over the wall where the school, if you could see, there's still a wall there. Um, the family also went to see their old house and the twins knew exactly what the house looked like outside and in. They also ran into some neighbors while they're at their old house and the kids recognized the neighbors, even though they had met them only when they were three months old. Mm. Another piece of evidence that John throws out there is one time John was painting the house uh, back in their old, like their actual house. Uh, he wanted to wear something that he didn't care about ruining. So he found the old smock that Florence used to wear when she was delivering groceries. And he just wore it like it hasn't been worn in years. I'll just wear this. And the twins saw him wearing the shirt. They asked him how come he was wearing mom's shirt. Mom's she used to do that, wear that while she was doing deliveries. Dad, why are you wearing mom's shirt? Holy shit. They were reincarnated. Yeah. They, the dad's wearing a woman's shirt. They must be. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. kinda, I, I'm more, I'm still stunned. They brought him back to Hexham. That just seemed like, you know, like let's tempt fate. <laughs> let's see if the car, if they could be resurrected, maybe they could die yeah. again too. You know, that's probably on their billboard. When you enter the town, what, what happens in Hexham is tragic and violent vehicular manslaughter. <laughs> that's the, town slogan i just love when i'm painting a house and i'm looking for something that i don't want to get too dirty i go and i look for everything in my girlfriend's closet to quickly throw on <laughs> yeah i would love that it's just raking in all of his normal clothes except for high heels just painting <laughs> oh man is that why there's paint on my nice blouses shit <laughs> i don't want to get paint on my allbirds fuck <laughs> All right, so by the spring of 1963, when the twins were like four turning five, some news outlets had picked up the story of the girls and the resurrection. And the story had some regional widespread reporting in the newspapers and on TV. Uh, here's a video of how it was reported. And this is where you get to see John and you can see his hair. Uh, by the way, I don't typically do this, but I got this from a guy's YouTube page. That is called the DJ Conrad. And if you want to go laugh for a long time and go look, he, all he has is proof of reincarnation videos and he's got a bunch and they're all uh, amazing. So if you really want to go laugh a little bit about reincarnation, go check out the DJ Conrad. I think the DJ Conrad DJ my, um, my high school dances. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Uh, this, uh, okay. This, he, I was just DJ my reincarnations. <laughs> It's crazy. You'd get to the end of the night and they'd be like, oh, we're about to bring it back, everybody. <laughs> All right, this is a three-minute video, but I think it's worthwhile to watch the whole thing. Monday morning, the tragedy struck John Pollock and his family. His two daughters and a friend were killed by a car on their way to church. Jacqueline was six and Joanna 11 when they died. But John Pollock did not despair while Hexham grieved. He believed that his wife would conceive twins, that the girls would be reborn. From the moment I knew she was pregnant, I believed that the girls would come back. And against all the doctor's predictions, Florence Pollock... Okay, before I go continue with this guy, it's funny to me how much British people, even if they're wankers, they sound very professional. Like, this guy doesn't sound like the typical fucking conspiracy fucking nut. He's wearing a nice suit. He sounds like he could be a professor. Yeah, it's because they... I, I, they don't, they never, I mean, I know they probably have an equivalent of it, 
but they don't have like the southern accent that I think is so typical of dumb shit people. That it's it's called Australian. <laughs> so I mean, that's great. I was gonna say Cockney, but all right, moving on. Did produce twin girls. The first thing I noticed when I saw those twins was we hadn't named them then, but the younger one of the two had a scar coming across her forehead down onto the bridge of her nose, which was the identical scar that Jacqueline, the younger one of the girls that had been killed, had had when she fell off a little tricycle when she was about two years old. Also, what I didn't see at the time, but later, my wife said to me, it's an incredible thing, but she's also got the birthmark on her left hip that Jacqueline had. Jacqueline had a birthmark on her left hip, which was like a brown thumbprint. To this day, Jennifer still has that brown birthmark. That's Jennifer. Mrs. Pollock was... Okay, one second, quickly. There's a bunch of pictures that are going around saying they're the Pollock sisters. And if you see them, it's like a curly-haired blonde ladies. I think Rick was looking at them, probably looking at them. I don't actually think those are the Pollock sisters. Oh, they're not? I was going to say, because they're definitely country music stars now. Yeah, I don't think those two girls are the ones. Okay, let's go. Keep moving on. I was astonished when she gave the twins the dead girls' dolls. When I got these two dolls out, one said, oh, that's Mary, and that's Susan. And it was exactly the same names as my other daughters had named them. And that was the sort of really turning point in my way of thinking. The family had moved away after the tragedy, but on their first visit to Hexham, the twins seemed to remember the landmarks. Well, when we came at the top of Battle Hill, they came over the brow, <laughs> approaching St. Mary's Church. I'm lying. He sounds like a fucking nerd. <laughs> now, I'm listening now he does. More. Yeah, now he does. He sounds like a fucking jerk. I, what's crazy, the entire time I've been watching him speak, I'm just waiting for the 13 herbs and spices. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop Liverpool fried chicken. <laughs> He's just literally gonna tell the same story about the church and the fucking not being able to see the park. But yeah, so we got to see John and Florence a little bit there. Yeah, it's grieving parents, man. Anyway, so but wasn't it so weird when at the beginning when he was talking about the twins, first he hesitated when he called them twins, like he was gonna call them like some other word. And then he was like talking about them like he had never met them. He's like well, obviously, when we first had them, you, we didn't know that they were reincarnated. It's like, buddy, you were saying that they were going to be reincarnated the second your other daughters died. No, he said when the moment they were conceived, I knew they were record. Uh, he he said the moment they were conceived, but uh, he also said that they're resurrected. They would be resurrected before. That's what other articles say. Like, anyways, I don't know about this fucking guy. I, what I do like about this article, though, like the articles and this this uh, stuff on the news and stuff like that, it forced John and Florence to leave the church. <laughs> To leave the Catholic Church because everyone, nice. everyone in the Catholic Church is like, you can't believe in resurrection. That's a that's a sin. And they're like, well, but but look at the daughters and like, look, get the fuck out of our church. They're like, but we still believe in God. They're like, not our God. Get the fuck out. So they yeah. kicked him out. Basically, yeah. I love it. <laughs> you can't believe in resurrection. That's only the very basis of our faith. Yeah, I know. I find that so fucked to me too. Only eight people in the Bible. Only nine people in the Bible have been resurrected. You think your daughters are good enough? Get the fuck out of here for that shit. Yeah, they're women. I mean. Exactly. That's what I said. You can't resurrect women in Catholicism. Come on. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. You're all dead. <laughs> are you telling us to go fuck ourselves? <laughs> yes. I was playing the part of like the. <laughs> oh, I got you. Okay. I thought it's like, Dingus, are you that religious? I didn't even think you're religious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't just like snap for real on you. Also, the next thing that's great about this article, the new stuff, is that this is when we get to meet Dr. Ian Stevenson. 
he gets wind of it and gets very curious to go research the reincarnation of these two little girls. That year, the same year that that, I think that's from 1962 or something like that. Uh, he goes and visits the girls to interview them and the family, like the parents too. Lengthy interview process, ta- asking the parents all sorts of shit. This is where Stevenson gets all his info though, from like the dad and the mom who believe in resurrection. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like the girls, like he did interview the girls, but then asking them very pointed questions, but he's asking, like the parents are the ones telling like, I caught them. I walked in and they were talking about the scar. Like, was it that story or was it more embellished? Cause you believe confirmation bias or actual science confirmation bias in my opinion but are there better pictures because like in that video i didn't see anything Did yeah you guys, like i didn't see the scar i didn't see the thumbprint thing like it just yeah that was, was like super low res but yeah I, I mean yeah i doubt they had like 4k cameras the, right right yeah i just didn't like notice any of there isn't if you look at it in a smaller frame like without it being zoomed in like that you could probably tell a little bit Mm. more it is there but i mean no it's their fault for not having high depth that's true i think they're all liars because of that they should have invented it sooner if they wanted us to believe yeah yeah i agree yeah yeah so yeah so he comes in does the interviews inspects the girls for uh birthmarks which i found weird like you know, that's some weird fucking, I'm the resurrection scientist. Get your girls naked. I'm checking them. What? <laughs> and you're still trying to claim that Ian Stevenson wasn't murdered? He's alive until 2007, buddy. So hmm. other doctors also came to visit the girls for their resurrection slash psychology, telepathy, perception, extrasensory research. Mainly a guy named Dr. Hemendra. Banjari from India. So, uh, you know, how you hear these guys that just like show up. I just love that shit. Just like, I am a scientist from India. I will be here to check on your girls. So that's April night in 1966. Stevenson visited them again in 1967. Uh, he kept correspondence with the girls until he visited them again in 1978 when the girls were 20. The 1978 visit Stevenson arranged the blood test for the girls to determine if they were genetically identical. We talked about that and he did definitely figure out that they were monozygotic, meaning identical. So usually identical twins start to change as they age, but really young, they should be identical. In 1981, Jillian had a repressed memory come up of her digging in a sandbox. She'd forgot the kids had forgotten everything after age five. They didn't really think about it anymore, but they didn't discount their parents either. That's a big one. They said, my parents believe it. They probably just in their brains were like, if I just, if I disagree with him, he will just become a fucking nightmare. So yes, dad, I'm a resurrected kid. You know what I mean? At the age of like 22, I think it was 21, 22. Jillian has a repressed memory come up of her digging in a sandbox that her dad said where she described was her, their old house in Wixom, Wickham, which was a town that they didn't even live in. Like the babies weren't even there. The boys were there. So like he fucked up. The dad fucked up. He was like, yeah, that's the place we lived in before. And then they went and checked the dates. And it's like, yeah, but none of the daughters were alive back then, dude, when you live there. So oops, fucked that one up, didn't you? 1987. Stevenson published a book called Children Who Remember Previous Lives, A Question of Reincarnation, where he featured the cases of 14 children, including the twins, which he believes points to evidence of reincarnation. Steven said that he liked to interview the children because they're less likely to lie about what they're thinking. They just, the kids don't make up shit at all. They're just completely honest. (laughs) (laughs) They're less likely to make up a full story where they're reincarnated, reincarnated Cleopatra or Gandhi or something. They're going to tell them there. 
I mean, there's some merit to it when you have such a desperate, pathetic man as your father, where you just <laughs> probably feel very compelled to please him and, and make him feel better. For sure. And it's sad. Like, I don't want to I don't want to trash him because everybody like I was saying, like everybody grieves in different ways and shit. And this is his grief process. But like, man, oh, man, mm. to pull everyone into it like this is a little bit bad. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say that there's a right way, but there's there's wrong ways to do it and <laughs> that is one of them yeah i guess to get yourself your flip your whole life entirely upside down for you could have yeah. just been let like thank god we have kids more girls and we've lost the other ones you could have you could have made it as a blessing instead you made it like a nightmare for everyone probably around yeah and any of like the real things that like are similar just be like how amazing is that like what a what a gift that they do the same things or like the same things instead it's like my life long oddity of my personality is being validated through these children yeah no oh uh, yeah no anyway so that's that's basically the story of the pollock sisters that as i said they they grew up and forgot everything but disagreed with their dad there's three theories to this one unless you guys got extra ones that you want to wait do first or you want to wait till the end but i'll rip through these two three the third one's kind of short First theory is reincarnation is real, baby. Look at the evidence of reincarnation. So much. The differences between the twins that match their dead sisters. Scar matching the birthmark. The toys. The mothering. The brushing of their dad's hair. The way they held pencils. Fear of cars. Knowledge of places and events that they weren't even a part of. The reoccurring nightmares of car crashes. Two dead girls. Two replacements. Coincidence? Yes. Maybe if it was just one of these things. Huh? Yeah. Well, there's well, lots of similarities. The more you look, the more you see. Well, the, in the one thing, I feel like we need to to note this. I know the listeners couldn't see, but d- the dad's hair brushing being a, a topic. <laughs> they definitely there. brushed the goatee, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Colonel Sanders without glasses. Or a delicious and lush white, what's the quaff word? Of the hair. Funny, yeah, yeah quaff. quaff, yeah. Thank you. He definitely didn't have that. Yeah, no, he just had like a horseshoe worth of hair, so they just brushed the side of his hair. Yeah. Then... Oh, they love. Maybe they love brushing it so much they brushed it all out. Yeah, they they brushed it all out, or he just after their death, after the girls, he's like, yeah. I can't handle it anymore. Just always kept it in horseshoe because he didn't want the girls to shave it anymore, or brush it anymore. It just hurt him too much. <laughs> none of that convinces you. Okay, none of this evidence convinces you. Okay, there's another argument for reincarnation that goes for it is Florence Jim Tucker. One academic that felt that Florence's beliefs actually made the case more credible. Dr. Jim Tucker, which was the guy that was uh, the bald guy talking in that original video I showed you, uh, his research partner, Professor Stevenson, also pointed out that for Florence, it was a constant struggle to reconcile the evidence of with her own eyes, with the church's edict, that belief in reincarnation was a mortal sin. As such, the possibility that the girls had been reincarnated brought no comfort to her whatsoever. And such, she shouldn't be regarded as an excellent impartial witness because she wasn't taking joy in that. She was actually getting more sad because of this. In fact, uh, (laughs) Stevenson later states in his work, he finds it inconceivable, okay, inconceivable that John and Florence Pollock could have molded their behaviors, the children's behaviors of the twin daughters so exactly to match their deceased daughters. It's impossible. They could never have done that. Yeah, so it's got to be real. That's the, that's it's real guys everyone's fuck you it's not real okay yeah. uh, <laughs> i think it's stupid too 
Oh yeah, here's another thing I've heard bantied around the internet too. Why did the girls start to forget after age five? Well, the OG girls didn't get much past that, so there was no memories to remember. Oh, <laughs> fucking stupid. Uh, all of this is dumb, but I like it. So theory number two, all bullshit, and the family implanted false memories into kids by accident. The, hmm. the parents for sure spoke about the dead kids. Maybe not near the twins, but to themselves. But no room is soundproof, especially with kids. Okay, those little fuckers absorb way too much. Like, I know the parents claimed that they made their vow never to tell the kids about the sisters until they're old enough to understand. But that doesn't mean that somebody else didn't. There's like four older brothers constantly hearing from their dad that the girls are reincarnated. At some point, you're going to fuck with your little sisters. I don't care. You're going to do it. You're reincarnated. Uh, what does that mean? Oh, you're, you know, you had older sisters. That happened for sure. There's no doubt in my mind. The older brothers definitely told them about it. And if not them, grandma and grandpa for sure told about the girls. They watched the older kids, like pretty much raise them while the they're being grocers. Remember? So if those little girls went and visited grandma and grandpa at any time, they probably had a stack load of grief and guilt as well, where they were like, Oh, you're so much like Joanna because X, Y, Z. Oh, you're so much like this because of that. They would have definitely, grandma and grandpa didn't make a vow. Brothers didn't make a vow. Mommy and daddy made the vow. There's way too many other people involved in their life for them not to have heard it from somewhere. There's also a big part of the story where I forgot, I didn't forget to mention this, but like the new twins would gravitate towards their grandma and grandpa because they were raising the other two older kids. So like, that's why the twins would gravitate there. It's like, yeah, maybe, or maybe the grandma and grandpa just like treat them like crazy good because they lost the other two kids. So they went overboard with giving them shit. Yeah, or just, or just treated them better because they weren't allowed to walk alone down the street at the age of six and 11. Yeah, that's true. Cause I feel as if the, the parents, there, not great parents. I mean, like, not that I'm, trying to you know twist the knife or anything but but i mean even if they're walking with mom and dad they just would have died too that lady was looking for kids i mm, yes i see that but i feel like you know i don't know i'm, I'm maybe i'm just keen on blaming blaming them the parents i don't, I don't like them i didn't like their faces i think they killed the kids <laughs> okay I, I that's fair okay so grandma and grandpa, the older kids, all those people could have implanted them. Now, when Jacqueline says, I will never be a lady, that sounds only creepy after their deaths. You know what I mean? Before that, it could have been anything. That could have been her dramatic ways they were talking about. Her acting uh, could be her getting in trouble. <gasps> or maybe, were they rich? Was that family rich? Was no. their dad rich? No. 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 All right. But I mean, they could also be like getting in shit, like like when her parents would give her shit, like a proper lady doesn't fart at the supper table. And then she's just like, I'll never be a lady, you know, like just. Uh, oh, yeah, I thought it was my thing about reincarnation and about the best version being uh, the trans <laughs> child of a conservative rich person. Ah, uh, I see. Now, even though Stevenson claims that he finds it hard to believe that the Pollocks could have molded their daughter's behavior to match so closely with their dead siblings, that doesn't mean much either. He never met the old girls. You're just going off by what the parents said. Dr. Ian Stevenson got us all the information from the parents and people around them. Some from the kids, but I mean, most of that had to come from the adults. One of the parents insisted on his daughters being reincarnated. So like none of this seems scientific to me. It seems more like confirmation bias. 
Dr. Steven wanted resurrection to be real, so he found someone to make it real. John Pollock wanted resurrection to be real, so he found someone to validate his ideas on resurrection. This is a few parents grieving the loss of their child in a way I don't understand, but it's really not my place to understand. And like, I'm sorry that that happened to you, and I'm sorry that no one believes you, but like, it's just not true, man. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. not true. I don't know what to tell you. Well, how do we know it's not science? Maybe they were trying to develop a new scientific method. Like maybe maybe there was a guy who was also studying gravity at the same time as Newton and he just kept like dropping his babies off of like the balcony of his okay. like <laughs> yeah. his like house. So it's like this is this is the scientific method. You take your children and apply them to whatever you want to be true. <laughs> this is the science of children. <laughs> Yeah, I've been through like six babies. I'm thinking gravity might be real, guys. Why don't you use apples? Shut the fuck up. That's hack. Yeah. I'm using yeah. babies like a man. Yeah. There's one final theory to this that I have written down, and then you guys can rip whatever you guys want. So theory number three is Dr. Ian Stevenson is actually a good dude in a way. So Dr. Ian Stevenson knows that what he's doing is a lie, but it's a lie to help people grieve. Yes, they're reincarnated, so you don't have to be so sad. Now go out and get a job and live a normal life. So, yeah, maybe he's just lying to them on purpose because he knew they were sad. And he just was like, yes, whatever. Whatever you say, reincarnation. He did this all over the, like, when he did all those 14 kids, it was all a bunch of grieving parents. He's just trying to, like, I'll write it down in a book. Now go get a job. Don't You can leave the house now. You know, you can go do something productive for society. No? Okay, cool. That's my last. Maybe Dr. Ian Stevenson did this on purpose. Hmm. That's that's about as shitty as psychics telling parents <laughs> they know where their missing children are. And then being like, just go live a normal life now. I told you, they're dead. <laughs> like, like, no, no. Some people find comfort in that shit, though. Like, I'm not, I'm, I am not ever going to hire a psychic to try and help me find my children if they go missing. But... When psychics show up to places and some people like really wholeheartedly believe in that, they would prefer hear a psychic tell them that their kid is dead versus like the statistics tell you that these children is definitely not alive or you'll never see them again because X, Y, Z. They'd rather hear like, oh, a psychic saw them fucking gurgling blood. So I don't know. I, I, I can't mm. say that these psychic people are all bad. They give a mm. lot of closure to people. Just that last one has the same kind of vibe for me yeah. you know and has that same that's really yeah. how it made me think of it these hucksters provide a service is what i'm saying well maybe maybe but like what if like people don't go to psychics because they're the ones that killed their kids so they're just like on the off chance that it's real i don't want i don't want them to to know <laughs> God. You don't yeah. want the psychic to look at you and be like, you did it. Yeah. Did John Walsh ever go to a psychic? That's true. John Walsh just made an entire TV network out of it. He said, yeah, fuck the psychic. Seems... I, right. I feel like I've said this on here before. That just seems like the biggest bold move to do if you're the one who killed your kid. Like, <laughs> Just do something huge so no one suspects you. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to create an entire nationally syndicated television series just to draw attention away from me yeah. no nobody oh who God. killed their own kid would do this anyways you guys got any uh theories to throw out there for dingus but i'm going with it's not real stupid mm. hmm. uh you took all the good ones <laughs> the, the two <laughs> yeah okay it is what it is right unless you have something to add to it did i miss something i think maybe i think maybe they were the the father reincarnated but it was like too early so like 
like he was still alive and they're just like you know what would make us really happy because they just they knew you know they're him so like at some point like he didn't die but his but he like branched off into like a little little reincarnation oh like the trauma just right. knocked off a piece of his like sanity yeah and that yeah, went yeah. into the babies and he's like yeah so like the kids are like look both of us as as us and and him we we all know that the thing the best thing for him would to believe this because he's always we we've always believed it sure it's he resurrected of himself that's how he was so yeah, sure yeah. so so he was wrong but, but also right but, but right yeah nice i don't know i'm i'm like the first one to believe in dumb shit like this i mean simulation theory ufos like all that i'm all in but there's nothing here that screams any sort of evidence except just random bullshit where the guy was like oh no 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 we we didn't tell we didn't tell them about all that they just knew it they just knew it maybe i maybe i forgot like maybe it's not that i forgot maybe i'm just omitting a bit of information that i probably should have said that i didn't think about until you just said that a lot of of the cases with resurrection with these kids involve birthmarks and scars so like that is a big indicator if you were resurrected from someone else you'd have the same scars as them in their previous life or whatever but like that's all that's all bullshit too i think that's bullshit too like i think you will fit that scar to what you want it to fit if it's go fall falls along your narrative right like i have a i have a birthmark on my foot so if anybody out there has a birthmark on the bottom of their right foot I'm not going to give away where on my foot it is. You just said on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to. There's a lot of parts of <laughs> your foot. It's got to be exact. So post pictures. So <laughs> much. There's, there's a fucking heel. Give Rick your feet <laughs> pics. And Richard, yeah. and Richard will review all of the foot pics and come back to me. You're trying to get us flooded with foot pics. And I'm going to go with send all foot pics to oh my God. our Richard Getzy. Oh, don't don't put my email out there. That's the last thing I need. You can send your foot pics to me. I I can make a couple bucks off those. Can you put pictures on uh, Spotify reviews? I don't think you can. There's no Spotify reviews, but we can find a way to get the pictures out there. There's no Spotify reviews? You can only rate. You can't review. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, yeah. Give us five toes. (laughs) Give us five toes, yeah. Yeah. So... What are we going with? He resurrected himself or uh, Rick's potential uh, foot thing might be the crack this case wide open. No, I, I just strongly believe that he wanted it so badly that he talked about it enough and they heard it and they were, they just did it yeah. to make their dad feel good. That's why they don't talk about it anymore. Right. And he, and he gave it to himself. Yeah, sure. The trauma knocked off a chunk of his soul and put it into the two little girls. That's why they look dead in those photos. They look like I've got a quarter of a soul. Yeah, yeah, and they and they all three of them were very insecure about his hair. So they're like, "No, no, it's great." And they're just always <laughs> brushing it. There you go. There's the full head of hair here. There's a full head of hair. Yes, you look Daddy, so. Like, oh. You look so. We we look so beautiful, Dad. I mean, you do. <laughs> they all just say it in unison. I yeah. look beautiful. <laughs> Okay, one, two, three. We're, let's all we're say a it. pretty daddy. Let's all say it in unison. One, two, three. I look beautiful. I look beautiful. I, look beautiful. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I wasn't saying. sure if we were going with an I or you. Yeah, I didn't know what we were doing. I missed the no, wait, 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 wait. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Let's okay, try it again. One, two, three. Two, three. You look I, beautiful. I look beautiful. Oh, God, I, I look beautiful. Oh, <laughs> I look beautiful. It doesn't matter. I can make it all line up anyway. Uh <laughs> 
Okay, well, yeah, I'll just say I, and then you can edit that. No, see, that's going to be a fucked up I. You got to say kind of like the whole sentence. I. 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 No, no, it's, it's got to stay in here like this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it will now. Okay, uh, ma'am. Now, RJ, you can get off the toilet. I think you're done in there now. If you move out of the way, I could. I'll wash your hands for you. Don't worry. I got you. That's not so. Oh. Well, sorry, I guess. Rick, do you have the mop? Ma'am, is that to your satisfaction? This solve? They're each a quarter their father, and they did get resurrected, actually. I suppose. I suppose that is a good enough solution for me. For All now. right. Yay! She won't try and kill you guys anymore. Um, not not this time. I won't. Oh, okay. But I'm a I'm a I'm a fuck a bunch of shit up on the way out. That's what happens with me at, at Pizza Hut. <laughs> I fuck some shit up on the way out all the time, and I I make a bunch of random picking sounds. Don't knock over a case of pens. Oh, definitely knocking that over. Oh, you bitch. Oh God. Bye, Dick. I just watched Private Dicks, and I think RJ's the funniest. What? Come on. I don't know why I flipped you guys off. Nobody else is going to see that. <laughs> it just fell right. Does it not I... make a noise when you guys give people the middle finger? <laughs> whoa, whoa! <laughs> yeah. it, of course it makes a noise. It's like erection. <laughs> boy, 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 boy. <laughs> hey there, all you private dickheads. That's probably not the name we're going to stick with. Anyways, uh, RJ here. I am here to tell you... Thank you for listening to another episode of Private Dicks. If you liked what you heard, go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere they take your reviews, drop us five stars, say something nice. Also, what you just heard was from last season. If you want current episodes as they're dropped, head on over to patreon.com and search up Unethical Podcast. That's our mother podcast. I was not aware Private Dicks was a spinoff. I'm going to renegotiate my contract. On Patreon is a full 16-episode season more of Private Dicks, uncut videos of each episode, and many more things are getting added all the time. You can also find all of Unethical's content on there, so go listen to that. And if you're already a patron, fuck yeah, dude. You're the best. Mm-hmm.